Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to the Manchester Football Social Podcast. We've got Dave Statman, Dave O'Brien. Statman here. (laughs) Absolutely here to talk about the fun of the weekend. And I'm here to laugh at the fun of the weekend. It's a very United heavy show, but there's something for everyone because you can either vent if you're a United fan. If you're a City fan, you can laugh at the United fans (laughs) venting. So it's good fun. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to this channel. Make sure you give us a nice review as well. And if you're a United fan or a City fan, we now have separate feeds for City and United for our dedicated shows. Search Manchester City Football Social or Manchester United Football Social, whoever you support, and you can find the new podcasts for that as well. Enjoy today's programme. Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social, the voice of football fans in Manchester. And by the voice of football fans, what I mean is you guys. So pick up the phone and get involved in tonight's show. Have your say. The phone number, as always, is 0345 111 That's 0345 111 It won't cost you a bomb to call, just the same as a local call. So make sure you get involved. I'm Jim Salverson, City fan Steve McInerney is over there. Hello, Steve. Uh, hello. Over there is Statman Dave O'Brien. Hello, that's Dave. It's all right, Dan, then, for some yeah, reason. No, it must be the, the times and uh, the current results of football that are just completely blowing your mind, because they are mine. I think you just want to be someone else. <laughs> yes, moment. today I want to be somebody else. I've worn some special trousers to try and diffuse the, the issues, but... You could be anyone, there. Dave. Anyone you want to be. Exactly. That's what I need to be. Change. I, I feel like I should draw attention to these trousers, and you can check the video out. The video will go online tomorrow. But if I you, love If you imagine but... somewhere between... You know that racing... Uh, commentator, he used to wear the deerstalker oh, hat. McCrick, what yeah, it was John McCrick, yeah. somewhere between that and Paddington Bear, <laughs> and you'd be nailing what these trousers look Absolutely like. But we're not here it. to talk about fashion; <laughs> we're here to talk about football. And there was another three points on the board for City, but Pep says the team don't need any improvements in January. Should they be splashing the cash? Will they be splashing the cash? If you're a blue, I want your view on that. And for Manchester United, well, where do we start? Shaping up to be the worst Premier League campaign of all time. Six shots at the weekend compared to Liverpool's 36 shots. And now there is a 19-point gap between United and their fiercest rival. 19 points. (laughs) 
19 oh, points. It won't be 19 forever. Because <laughs> uh, we won it 20 times. Get that into your brains, guys. <laughs> right. I know you're going to want to get involved with tonight. So 0345 treble one seventy six twenty five is the number to call. We're going to go straight to the phones tonight because I think there's going to be a few calls on this one. And we're going to speak to Steve before anyone else. Evening, Steve. Evening. How are you, chaps? Very good. How are you? You sound quite chipper for a red. It's because I am on my way home to see my family, I guess. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. You're driving home for Christmas. I know. I, uh, yeah, because I've just decided I've given up on football. I'm <laughs> yes! <laughs> NFL, maybe? Something yeah, like maybe cricket. Have a cricket season this time of year. Yeah, I've heard that's good if you drink it. But, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Why not? But, I mean, yeah, football, I don't even know where to start anymore. I'm just used to it. Right, well, let's start, uh, the, let's start with the weekend. The Liverpool game. Because I think there were a few United fans who were going into that game reasonably optimistic. I heard a few saying, oh, well, we're going we're to pull out our result from this one. But it obviously didn't go that way. Well, no, I mean, I, I fully expected to get our butt handed to us, and lo and behold, we did. There's a distinct lack of leadership coming from the top of the club right down to the bottom. Mourinho's the foreman for that, but it includes everyone. It includes the Glazers, it includes Sir Alex, because for so many years, when the Glazers came in, he was trotting out the hole. There's no value in the transfer market. Oh, yes, um, this team's good enough. And yeah, like we won the league, but we never rebuilt. And we've still got Chris Smalling. Like, why are we playing Chris Smalling? We've still got Ashley Young. All these plays were good several years ago. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I have to make do with this. I walk into the Old Trafford and it's like carrying the community on the pitch. I don't know how these <laughs> want to get a game. I've heard a fair few people blaming the Glazers. I've heard a fair few people blame Mourinho. I've heard a fair few people playing, blaming Ed Woodward. I've never heard anyone blaming Alex Ferguson for the current situation at the club. He's a god. What he did was absolutely amazing. Like he won the league with this team that's the best described as care in the community. So like and that can't be understated. What he did for the club was amazing and we, everyone loves him for it, but he had the chance to rebuild it. He had the chance to make signings for when City were and keep up and move with the times, but instead he he was the Glazers' man. He was like, yeah, there's no transfer market. It's all overpriced. Well, you got to spend money to be successful, fortunately. Dave, do you put any blame at the door of Alex Ferguson? Because at the end of the day, he was a, he built a great team and it's not his responsibility to plan beyond it. Look at Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. I think that, that's kind of the thing, isn't it? That Ferguson did so much at the club that you can't really blame him, but at the same time, the, the lack of uh, continuity, let's say, like a lack of bringing in maybe uh, you know, a football director as well as a coach. Like I leave every single day when I go on holiday. I run out that door and I'm like, if it falls apart, it's not it's not my fault. I'm off. See you later. But you know, you know, you know it is. You don't you don't plan. You don't go. Ooh, I'd better watch out for my colleagues. No, you don't. You turn that out of office on and you're off. You're blameless. But the, I think at the same time, it's more like the retirement where when you've retired from your job, you're going to go and sit on a beach. I think Ferguson stepped up and now he's a director at Manchester United. It's he's still doing work for the club, and you, you know you can't look past his great work that he's done. I think he he deserves a rest, and maybe 
it's similar to when you know Samat left Manchester United and stayed as a director and was arguably still making some calls and the players were still going to Matt and talking to Matt instead of the manager and so forth. So obviously these guys are you know legends of Manchester United, but to push the club forward, maybe bringing them as a football director, maybe not be the right thing, and you know them stepping away fully and being able to go and drink a you know a sangria on the beach of Spain, maybe the way to go. But I kind of agree with the the lack of structure and lack of decision making post the Ferguson era. You know, Ferguson rebuilds that side. If Fergie's still manager now, United are still competitive with what they've spent and they're still achieving above what the means are. There's a theory, isn't it, that in general his brilliance was also the current downfalling in terms of he pretty much ran the club from you know inside out in terms of he was like a one-man team in terms of scouting, in terms of uh, just basically he was a director of football, he was a coach, he was a manager, he was a scout all in one. And when he did leave, they left a bit of a vacuum almost, mm. and which can happen. I mean, the brilliance of him was always comes at a cost. But that's what everyone said was going to happen at Arsenal because Arsene Wenger ran everything from what the players ate on a daily basis to what happened on the pitch, and then suddenly he goes... And that club seems to have survived but they thrived without Wenger. Yeah, but they, they put in a place where they've got the, the, the fella in from Dortmund, Sven uh, Mittal Task or whatever he's called. Mm. They brought in these other guys to build that structure, as Stephen said. They've got a technical director. They've got someone that's looking in terms of the financial interests of Arsenal Football Club. And they have a fantastic head coach. And I think that's one of the biggest things about it is that maybe Mourinho's moved away from what he did quite well and that was you know coach the side and obviously Rui Ferrier that's gone as well there's an issue there with that he's lost a guy that was pushing him that was maybe defensively organised in Manchester United you can see the defensive record this season is, is, is woeful and maybe Man United needed something different they needed someone like an Unai Emery that would come into the club and, and coach the players a bit more hands on I think that's kind of the thing where United maybe were not looking into the future of where football management were and looking maybe into the past in Mourinho that arguably would have been better if he'd come in straight away. Right. Because Ferguson was was so good at what he did and, and, and so commanding, though thinking bringing like a Mourinho in straight away, yeah. someone that's going to change it instantly, would potentially put the club in a better place. Now that, you know, with Mourinho, we all know it's, it's quite short term in terms of his reign at previous clubs. Mm. Having him in there, then moving on and thinking, okay, now how do we do this in the background whilst we've got Mourinho arguably taking everything right, on okay, and yeah, being, yeah. taking all the bells here and there? How do we build a, the club back up in the background? And it's, I think it's one of those things where it could be a combination of two, but Mourinho now kind of felt it would have been better three years ago. Steve, thank you very much for your call, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. 0345 7625. If you want to get involved, we've got Neil up next. Evening, Neil. Evening, gents. How are you? Very good. So, Very how good, did you yeah. see the weekend? In fact, let, I don't think you can sum it up. You can't just ask about this weekend's game in isolation, can you? Because it is—it's it, a whole package when it comes to United at the moment. It's this weekend. It's the weekend before the weekend before that. The five years before that, and the next two years as well. I think for me, as a Manchester United fan and as a football fan as well, the the the, the, the damage has been done. And I think United need to look at the, the, the long-term events of what's happened and go, what do we do? Do we get rid of Mourinho? I think that would be the fans' choice at the moment in some respects. But looking forward, if we get rid of Mourinho, who do we get in? There's not many great managers hanging around looking for jobs at the moment. And I think we have to look at the bigger picture. Do we give him some money to spend in January in the new year? I know he's had a few quid to spend, but... For me, I think the biggest problem is it it just looks like some of the players can't be bothered. I mean, I've never seen a centre forward like Lukaku. He looks four stone overweight. I, I don't know. I, Let I me ask Dave on this one, because I know, Dave, you've defended Lukaku quite a lot this mm. season. And I saw at the weekend, during the Liverpool game, again, 
Lukaku was getting much of the criticism from fans. The accusation yeah. was that he doesn't fit into the team in any way. He doesn't offer anything. Can you continue to defend him after the weekend? No, of course. you can get Again, the service was just lacking for Manchester United. Again, it's those situations where Lukaku created more chances than any other player on the pitch. He's your centre forward. You don't want him creating. The goal comes from him pulling into the channel. Someone mm. finding him a channel crosses. Alisson spills it and go. But I kind of agree in terms of the direction, in terms of who comes in for Mourinho, that is the big problem and the big question that, look, you've got to go out there and you've got to attract a pretty big manager for Manchester United. You know, you're looking at Zizou's not got a job at the moment, Zinedine Zidane. You're looking at someone like a Pochettino where you're going to have to break the bank to get him first for Tottenham, but maybe that's a, a you know appointment to go. You know, if you're looking further than that and you're gambling, you're looking at someone like a Julian Nagelsmann that's already signed for RB Leipzig. This is the kind of thing I agree that the management talent this season isn't really there whereas if you thought at the start of last season you know having that long term plan Unai Emery was free there was other managers that were free and it's kind of one of these things where it's it feels a little bit too late and I kind of agree that maybe giving him some money in January could be a solution but maybe it's not For you Neil would that solve the problem if you got in the manager that you wanted whoever it was with the exception of maybe nicking Pep Guardiola from up the road <laughs> would it fix the problems that are there? Um, I don't think it will I don't think you will. I've seen it this week. We've just given Smalling a new contract. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I'm, I've played a bit myself, as you know, and I, I don't see certain players fitting into the mould of United anymore. I think was it Gary Neville said the other day um, that there's certain players who don't want to wear the badge anymore, and these players just taking money away from the game or away from the club. I think mm. for me, the big thing is passion on the pitch. You can have a really bad game, but you can try your best. And I don't see it all the time. I mean, we spoke about Lukaku, but if we're having to bring Marwan Fellaini on, we brought Matter on with four minutes to go, was it yesterday? I, mm. I, I gave up in the end yesterday, and, and then I didn't even watch the aftermath of the, uh, the, the, the sort of press conference of what he said Mourinho blaming. They were very lucky. Well, they can't be lucky three times. And I think we just, <laughs> I don't know, well, let, let's be real about the game. You play well, you can get beat. You can play poorly and get beat. You can play poorly and win. And I think United just played very poorly and got beat. But that comes from the. Does it come from the manager? You know, if my boss asked me to do something at work, I want to do a good job for him. And I think that might have gone from certain players, and it's just a case of hopefully. I don't know. I, I just think he may move on. Mourinho, I think he might go. It is interesting in a way. You mentioned, obviously, Liverpool made a change. Shaqiri comes on and changes the game. And one matter's not introduced until 84 minutes. And that was the one where you're screaming, like, old school Mourinho when he when he's fancies it, when he's up. He makes that change quicker. Jesse Lingard had a great first half. Mm. Jesse Lingard had a great first half, but he started to get a bit tired as he, you know, his work rate and all that. One matter should have come in. There were chances where he, where Lingard was coming inside. He'd received the ball. Lukaku makes a run into the channel. Simply not finding yeah. that pass. And that's something that one matter does day to day. That's his job. That's it. he's a playmaker in midfield. And it seems like those changes are a little bit too late. And it seems like the the game was already lost. Well, is and that what people say when they say he's lost his touch? Because I remember the Jose Mourinho who was making substitutions on the half hour mark. This when is he wasn't that, that's Mourinho. Yeah, that yeah. is Mourinho. Juve game. Two changes. United come back and win two one. Where was the Mourinho there that, that makes those changes, that changes the tactics? The tactics for me were all over the place, probably chat about a little bit later on, but... Neil, do you think it's it's something that is gone with Mourinho, or do you think that'll come back when he, he fancies it again, or is it just come past him? I think the ship sailed. I think he's gone, mate. I think he's gone. I think he's... As a Manchester United fan, and as I told you, that I give my season to you back when he come. Because I don't think he was worthy of the job. But I, I just get that impression that he's gone and he doesn't really care. He doesn't look like he cares. 
I'm passionate about football, about my kids, about my wife, about my job. And he doesn't look bothered anymore. And I think, you know what, maybe Manchester United as a corporate business go, our head man's not really doing it for us. Do we make that decision now and, and move him on? And I think that may come. You know, I, I, I'd have a cheeky pound that he's a, a GBC. Gone by Crimbo, if you, if you don't watch it. So. <laughs> GBC. Absolute GBC. <laughs> Neil, we're going to have to let you go because we've got some other callers to get to. But before, yeah. I, before you do go, I know yeah. I want to talk to you about something you're doing that's pretty special in your community yeah. at the moment. Players that are getting on the pitch for completely the right reason. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, by the power of social media, I'll be as quick as I can. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's not a nice thing to talk about, but it's going to be a nice thing in the future. We've set up a team called Follow FC, and the follow is spelled F-O-L-L-O-F-C, and that's for our lost little ones. And it's come about through a young boy tragically getting killed um, last year and losing his life, a 14-year-old boy called Samuel Berklet. And his dad put something on Facebook, and I have a passion for helping the community and trying to be involved with everything that I can. Um, we're looking for any families out there that have had the tragedy of losing a little one and that dads want to get involved in playing football. We've set up this team. We've got Gary, Sam's dad, who's a fantastic man. He's got this going in a matter of weeks. We've got the buying from a local non-league club, Curtis and Ashton. They're going to give us the opportunity to use the facilities. But we're looking for any parents out there that are suffering. This time here is a difficult time yeah. to get involved. You can give us a contact on the Facebook page, which is Follow FC, spell F O L L O F C. And we want to get dads playing football. Um, I'm in a WhatsApp group at the moment with them, and it's like being sat in the changing rooms. The banter's great, and it's helping people talk about it and take their mind off it. So, special thoughts to all those families out there. Any guys that want to get involved, mums as well feel free to get in contact via the Facebook page or Jim. If you get in contact with you, you can give them my details and we'll pass it on to Gary. Definitely. Nice one, Neil. Good Neil, genuinely. Thank you very much All for that. All the best to you guys. Merry Christmas to everyone. Cheers, buddy. Neil, cheers for that Have and good luck. Day. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll be hearing more about Follow FC on the Football Social in the coming weeks and months as well, because we want to follow their journey, and it's one of those things. That's a lovely that, idea. That's a lovely idea. And, you know, we're we're all blokes, idea. and we're all... I mean, I'm certainly lucky enough to never have gone through that kind of experience or that kind of grieving, but we don't talk to each other. And football no. is one of those in things where you actually bond with other people mm. and you kind yeah. of let your emotions out and let your frustrations out so it's an absolute genius idea and we wish Neil luck with it and like he says if you want to get in touch either contact him directly or get our details contact us and we'll pass your details on but back to football and we've got our mate Brian on the phone evening Brian evening Jimmy alright very good Brian how's the week been for you then mate after losing at the weekend what were you feeling like beforehand were you one of the few United fans who were confident going into this one was he out <laughs> what the hell? I swear to God. Ah, do you know what the annoying thing is? I know a lot of Liverpool fans and I've had nothing but voicemails and videos and messages, retweets, everything, and it's just. <laughs> I didn't expect, I knew it was going to come, but I thought, oh, we might try. You know, they might even, you know, it took, it took the law for our time to put Fellaini on. What did you mean? When you look what at the... When you look at that team selection, and maybe Dave can come on this one because he can talk about the tactics of Mourinho as he's going into that. I mean, there were issues. it was a negative, negative performance from United, wasn't it? They didn't show any particular attacking intent. Paul Pogba again was on the bench, and I know Jose's got this issue with Paul Pogba, it seems, at the moment. I think it's pretty much nailed on that he'll be... GBC, he'll be gone by Christmas as well, <laughs> as far as he's concerned. But when you looked at that team selection, what was your reaction, Brian? 
that. What can you say? Like, there's no trust in him now anyway. So he, he could, he could pick the, the ground staff next week, and it wouldn't shock me. I'd be like, yeah, he, of course he'd pick the ground staff. Why wouldn't he pick the ground staff? He's bought Fred, and he don't put him on bench. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He, I'm expecting a phone call off him, Brian. I've heard you want social. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for coming on. Welcome as always, mate. Nice to hear from you. Oh three four five triple one seventy six twenty five. If you want to get involved, this isn't a Manchester United show, <laughs> by the way. You're a City fan. Can we talk about other things, like for example, yeah, let's you know, Mateus Delit was named as the the, the golden boy. Uh, obviously, of course, the equivalent of the Ballon d'Or for under twenty. Who was players? Uh, Mateus Delit, Ajax centre half, linked with Manchester City. Yeah, I've got a few okay. things here that yeah. when I think the conversation is getting too dark, I'm going to throw to my my sheet, such as Pepe has left Besiktas. Yeah, we'll put that on Big the, news. Uh, the, the discussion. <laughs> we get stuck later. Maybe, maybe we'll come I've got to a few. I've got a few in here, so whenever... I'll go back to... Um, uh, you've been uh, championing Herrera quite a bit, and you've got him in midfield now, Dave, and yeah, it's not quite happened, has it? Again, I think the big thing, it wasn't the, the lack of inclusion from Paul Pog, but the cost United, it was a lack of inclusion of one matter. Playing both Darmian and Delo on that right-hand side was the wrong thing to do. Mm. You look at what United did really well in their 2-1 win at Old Trafford. One matter was involved in a lot of that. Diogo Delo should never have been brought off at half-time. If he was going to make any change, one matter comes on. Uh, Diogo Delo drops the right-back. United look better. They can attack. The weird thing is, if you look at United's shape, obviously I'm into my stats, into my tactics. Yeah, yeah. You look at their shape. They are so left-sided. So when like 58% of the attack, their attacks came down that left-hand side. The lack of balance in that game was ridiculous. Were United playing a back three? Were they playing a back four? You look at it sometimes, you don't know. And if I can't see as, as someone that reads the game in that manner, like, what the plan is, I'm starting to question myself. Do I know what I'm, d I'm talking about? And I'm like, this is so wrong. Well, I don't look at the game on Thursday. I don't, I don't look at the game on the same level as you do in any way. But I look at it and I go, Jose Mourinho has a career of making a solid football team with yeah. a couple of star players. Hard to that beat. Will then break. Yeah. And he seems to be trying to do that with this United team. But he seems incapable of doing that with his United team. They're not hard to break. They don't seem to be hard to break down. Why? Because it can't just be the personnel, because there are good football players in that team. Uh, it's, it is a weird one. I think the, the thing it was the third goal that Shakiri scored. What was so weird with that was Marouane Fellaini at that point was playing as defensive midfield. You watch that goal back, he's on the halfway line. As a defensive midfielder, a Cambiasso or a Javier Zanetti, like the classic Inter Milan Jose Mourinho team. Mm. The defensive midfielders in those big games, they would be nowhere near the halfway line. They'd be protecting, protecting the two centre-halves. And that has inherently been the problem, that this is... Mourinho said it in the, you know, the build-up to the game. This is far from a team in my image. And he's completely right in that aspect. But Why is that three that, years? Yeah, I know, because he surely should be building towards that team in his own image now. And I know you have to try and evolve as well, and there probably has been some slight compromise in his style, but it just looks further away than it did at the start for some reason. I don't know why. And you, you, can, can he get back to that 
the classic Mourinho, so to speak. And I'm not personally sure he can. It feels like a man, when you look at in his face, who's kind of given up a little bit. Right, you, you look at this from the players that he wanted to bring in, right? You know, even Perisic is a player that would have been perfect for Manchester United and perfect for Mourinho. We saw it at the World Cup, works very hard, graphs, drops back, covers the full back, mm. uh, and then you can see the flair side of his game. He isn't a Martial, isn't a Marcus Rashford. I'd personally like to see those two players play for Manchester United, but that was a Mourinho player. Yeah. A player that would have worked for Mourinho. The centre-halves that he would have bought, Mourinho players. And that's the sort of weird thing where I think a, you know, a director of football needs to come into the football club because there needs to be an overall direction. Coaches these days, the last three, four years, then you move on. But a director of football or a technical director, they'll be there for 10. Does it feel they'll, be, like? they'll be pushing the direction. And, and Man United right now... I don't know if they've got a direction because it's not a Mourinho team. Mm. That's it, the thing, isn't it now? Because surely, I mean, from the outside looking in, surely just sacking Mourinho doesn't really change that much other than the fact that you've got a potential new problem with someone else because do you have to bring someone in behind the scenes or do you have to find uh, someone with the strength to say this is how we're going to play and this is the kind of manager we're going to point now and can you get rid of that malaise that quickly? Hold that thought because we'll discuss that in a minute on the XS Manchester Football Social. If you want to get involved, 0345 7625. More United chat, no doubt, and hopefully a little bit of City chat. We want to talk about City's activity in the January transfer window. Pep says they're not going to spend. Is that just a bare-faced lie? We'll get to that in a minute on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social. I'm Jim. Statman Davis here. Steve McInerney is here and we're taking your calls on 0345 111-7625. That's the number to call if you want to get involved. You can talk about red or blue or any colour in between. It's completely <laughs> your call. But I have to say, everything seems to have a little bit of a red tinge about it today after Manchester United's game against Liverpool. Would it be fair to say it was embarrassing, Dave, that defeat? Or was it a result that flattered Liverpool a little bit? I wouldn't bit? say embarrassing. I'd say upsetting. Okay. <laughs> See, like, I think this is one of the first games over the last few seasons where I've generally been like... What is life? <laughs> See, it was so weird watching from a City perspective because obviously we were hoping for result uh, yeah. because we needed it. But you kind of just expect Mourinho normally just to do something in that kind of thing. You know, because mm. He's normally pretty good in big games. And it was just weird just seeing them so passive and submissive. Yeah. I mean, from the off, I was kind of hoping, but it does seem to... It's real, isn't it? I mean, I guess you know, you hope it isn't, but it's real. It's, it's happening. It's a fight, isn't it, that seems not to be there from the manager or the players at the moment. We're going to get to Robbie in a minute. He's waiting on the phone, but I just want to read you a quote from the Guardian columnist, Barney Rooney, who, I, I, this summed it up for me completely when it comes to Manchester United at the moment. He said, imagine a negative approach applied with extreme negativity by a group of players feeling negative about the actual merits of all this negativity. <laughs> that kind of feels like what it is. You've got a load of players there playing negative football, but none of them want to play the negative football because they're flair players. And it goes back to what you were saying, Dave. These aren't, these aren't Jose Mourinho players. It's like a broken circle, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> negative about being negative. Incredible. It's amazing. Right, let's talk to Robbie. Evening, Robbie. Hiya, you all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you after the weekend? Oh, not great, not great at all. I was there yesterday and uh, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was absolutely humiliating. And I thought that after 25 minutes, Liverpool could have been four or five up. And you know, to see to see United team set up in, in that way was just sort of embarrassing, to be honest. And you talk about having flair players and United not being able to build us to defend, so, uh, built with the players that Mourinho wants. Well, he's been there two and a half years. You know, where you know, hasn't he got the chance? Had the chance to implement the strategy that he wants if he wants 
big strong defensive players and why do you not sign big strong defensive players you know why you know who who's dictating recruitment strategy all of these things just loads and loads of questions about United at the moment and rightly there's a lot of focus on the manager but what about the rest of the club you know what have we been doing for the last couple of years just a scattergun approach to everything that we do I think it's quite interesting Robbie you know you think about Paul Pogba for example you know it's uh, widely thought that Paul Pogba suits a three-man midfield Mourinho hasn't really played a three-man midfield since he was at Chelsea the first time and do you think that's similar to what you're sort of saying here that you're signing a player that doesn't fit into the system that's been a 90 million pound player well, I, I think I don't think that we're signing players for any specific purpose other than their, their marketing ability. You know, the last couple of years, you look at Paul Pogba, you look at Paul Pogba, and I think everyone can see that you know the player at Juventus, the player at France, he's an absolutely fantastic player. And if put in the right system, you know, with the right attitude, obviously that's a different question altogether. Then he can, he obviously gets results. But we're not even we're not even playing him. We're not even trying to play him in different ways. You know, we've just kind of mm. binned him off essentially at the moment. And whether that's about his attitude or whatever. I don't understand, you know, you look at, you know, he obviously wasn't playing yesterday, but Alexis Sanchez, probably the only part of the of the pitch where we're well stocked in players is is, is on that left left, left flank. <laughs> but then he signed Sanchez, presumably, presumably because he's a marketable player and because City wanted him. That seems like the only reason we bought him. We had Martial who can play there, Rashford who can play there, Lingard who can play there, Matter who can play there. Well, on the right side, we've, we've, we've lacked anyone who can play there for years. I can't remember the last time we had a decent right winger. So you don't, you, you just know, there doesn't seem to be any rec- any strategy to what we're doing, and that you, you recruit a manager in Jose Mourinho, known for pragmatic defensive football, and then you sign lots and lots of attacking players. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Let me ask you, Robbie, because you talk about the markability of players and your Pogba's and your Sanchez's. Is it more than just buying players that don't fit into a system? Because we heard Roy Keane before the game, and he was criticising Roy Keane and Gary Neville. In fact, were both criticising Jesse Lingard with his decision to launch his new clothing brand in the run up to this game and how he should be focusing on his football on the pitch we've also heard a load of people saying the players don't look interested does that kind of thing so you've got Paul Pogba in the centre of the pitch he knows he's going to make a million quid from this shirt sales he knows that he can look good in the highlights reel by trying fancy flicks or back heels does that seep through the team where suddenly their interests aren't football it becomes being the next Paul Pogba or the next Alexi Sanchez I think that's that's too much of an easy explanation. I think a lot of the old pros say stuff like this. These are are players who who lost focus in different ways. You know, Roy Keane and and other United players were parts of drinking clubs that would, you know, (laughs) days on end would disappear in terms of beer and the rest of it. But, you know, young players aren't like that anymore. They don't focus on those kind of things. And they have got an interest outside the game. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And if if Jesse Lingard, you know, that that goal he scored yesterday had been the equaliser and we are gone, no one would be talking about clothing range I think it's a simplistic a simplistic answer to a complicated question and I think that United's malaise has been in place for a long long time now and our approach for a couple of years we, we seem to go like boom and bust into either chucking money at it like we did in the Van Gaal years and early Mourinho so now at the moment say no we're going to hold back and wait and all the rest of it there doesn't seem to be anyone who's saying this is what we're going to do this is what we're what we're, what we're going to build towards and I hate talking about City and I hate talking about Liverpool but that's what they've done you 
look at what City did, what, eight, nine years ago, we are going to build a structure of a, t- of a, of a team that's going to play like, well, like Guardiola plays, a possession-based team, and we're going to build from there, and everything's going to be about that, and we're going to recruit accordingly. Well, United, what, what, how do we want to play? Do we want to be the traditional United counter-attacking fast pace? Do we want to be a possession team? Do we want to be defensive? Well, no, I have no idea. We, we change every week, and it's not as if we're changing our tactics according to the players that we're the teams that we're playing against it seems to be just completely on the hoof there's no consistency and that just creates more and more uncertainty amongst the players no, I completely agree with that I think the big thing with it in terms of tactics yeah it's like what define what Man United is and I would I'd go back to that Ferguson fast counter-attacking playing with wingers exciting football that is Manchester United playing with wingers getting the ball wide moving it and that style still works in the, in the modern game Absolutely. we know the 4-4-2 works so why not make that United style well, and how they play even City scores so many goals out from out wide like it does work wingers aren't a dying breed they're still really no. prominent you think of a City left-footed Sane the amount of goals yeah so you might assist you get from the left side that's still on the right so it can be done and it's definitely there to be implemented we, we've not been in the conversation about any exciting wide players for, for some time you think mm. about the players who come on the market obviously Salah had a previous relationship with Mourinho probably wasn't going to sign for us anyway but you think about some of the players who come on the market we've not been in the conversation about any of them we've not we've not we've not even sought to, to buy them I have no idea who we want to buy it just seems to be who's the biggest star who's the flavour mm. of the month and then we'll try and get them Robbie but, great call I've got, we've got to move on but thank you very much for coming on really good call and you're welcome anytime okay mate cheers mate thanks so much 0345 7625 if you want to get involved this is the Manchester Football Social a football programme that talks about City and United but sometimes we don't have any Manchester City callers <laughs> everyone just wants to talk about Manchester United you can help you can give us a phone call now and talk about Man City 0345 7625 we're actually going to talk to a Man City fan right now we've got Trav on the line Trav wants to talk about Manchester United. <laughs> Trav, how you doing, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. I wasn't going to bother, like, but you know, I can hear, I can hear the despair from everywhere there. So, <laughs> at this time of year, you know, you're meant to like help people less fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you got the answers, then, Trav? Can you sort out I've this got, mess? Can you got? Hey. I can't believe people haven't found it out, right? People saying, well, who could we get? You know, meaning United, they're going, who could we get? Who could? I'll tell you who they could get. There's two ex-international managers there that are chomping at the bit for that job. Yeah? Go on. Sam Allardyce and Mark Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Trav, I thought you were going to come and bring me some joy. You've just put me further, further into that line of being a bit upset about the weekend. No, this our joy because only 31, 32, 33, 34 years and all that. Never got to 35. Never did. We were close though. It's great, isn't it, mate? I love it. We're there, mate. We're there. Trav, we're going to have to move on in a minute to avoid you winding United fans up anymore. And they really don't need any further winding up at the moment. I'm beginning to feel quite sorry for any Reds out there. Talk to me about Manchester City. Pep says he's not going to buy anyone in the transfer window. Do you think he's got it sorted? Do you think that squad's there? He doesn't need to line anyone up? Or would you like to see a little bit of cash spent? No. Whatever Pep does, he can do what he wants. I'm not even going to question anything he ever does. Be it lesser tomorrow, he'll pick a team. I ain't going to question none of it. I'll be there, and none of us are going to question it, because that guy is the best manager in the world. Fair play. Trav, thanks for your call, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. Bye.
0345 <laughs> <laughs> is the number. 87711 is the text number. We're going to spend a little time on City next. We're going to talk about the weekend's action, the win against Everton and their transfer policy coming into January. If you want your say on that, give us a call. 0345 Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social. Thanks for joining us. 0345 7625 is the number to get involved and talk about football for a bit. It's a pretty sweet job, this. And doing mm. the job with me is Statman Dave and Steve McInerney. <laughs> One of them's enjoying tonight a little bit more than the other at the moment. I'm, having, I'm still having fun, don't get me wrong. <laughs> still enjoying it, even though it's not great being a United fan at the moment. But we are going to talk Man City now because we've spent a long time discussing United and there's plenty to talk about for City at the moment. A 3-1 win at the weekend and City... Are back. Well, they were never really fell away from challenging for the title, but they're, they're keeping that gap. That crisis, that one-game crisis, yeah. um, is put down, uh, put to bed this weekend. Yeah, it was a good performance. If we're being honest, uh, Everton were a team. Well, the best, they're the best of the rest at the moment in the league. And I was kind of a little bit nervous going into this game because they've got some players. Obviously, Richarlison scored a few goals this year, and Walcott yeah. is always the kind of player to score great goals. He didn't start, but I generally thought he would have. He would have scored. And then they got Bernard and Gomez, and um, they actually had a go as well. To be fair to him, and we are starting to concede a few chances. Uh, they had a couple more. They could a couple more. They could have scored potentially. Um, but as ever, we just about kind of had enough, I guess. And that bench was something else there. Yeah. Watching De Bruyne and Aguero and Sterling on there. Um, well, isn't, was, isn't that it? Like Everton are a great team this year. They're one of the. They'll be there with yeah, like the top six at the end of the season. And yet City very competently just brushed them aside. I guess it's just a really well-drilled team and all the players, regardless of who we swap out, can come in and step in and be very little drop-off. Uh, and I guess we're kind of lucky to be able to watch that at the moment. But Everton, um, they i got to give good credit for one. I thought they showed a little bit of a bit more brave than most teams uh, I guess the players these days and um, especially more brave than Man United were mm. played for example and that's not a dig at United just a, as a matter of fact uh, but I guess we've still got those moments of quality and I was really happy to see Gabriel Jesus as well get a couple of goals uh, because I think his performances personally have deserved it. he's got a bit of criticism but I thought he was good Do you think he'll kick on from here because he, when he first burst on the scene he got a couple and he seems to grow in confidence and he got a couple more do you think that's going to happen now for Jesus is he going to Start a rich vein of goal scoring form going <laughs> the thing for him, Well, it's no surprise that Jesus is um, coming into form at Christmas time. But um, we had to say that, didn't I? Jesus. Uh, I know. <laughs> terrible. Uh, but in general, he's kind of, he's been lucky that Aguero's back on the bench now as well. So he'll probably immediately go back to being on the bench. But uh, Guardiola was saying after the game that his family's there now. So they've come to visit him. And he's very much mm. a, a homely person. Even his celebration is a dedication to his mum. So like, he's missing them and he saw his little two year old nephew for the first time. And he started, uh, well, he's scored two goals and he was really really good like a genuinely complete centre forward performance um, I think in general his overall game was good there was a lot of good link up play his movement was good nice moments of flair and assist as well uh, a couple of weeks ago he was just lacking that confidence in front of goal but then he has scored before us before like he scored plenty of quality goals since he's joined Manchester City so I had no doubt about his ability in front of goal he just obviously needed one or two to go in uh, and they were good goals as well I think he did it just to shut me up because last week I was saying how Manchester City probably needs to buy a striker. Well, the, I think he was listening, actually. Window. He must yeah. have been, and he popped two in the onion bag. Uh, Ollie wants to talk about City transfers. He's on the phone. Evening, Ollie. Evening, how are you guys? Very hey, good, my friend. So, what are you thinking? Do you think Pep needs to spend in the January transfer window? He said he's not going to, but would you like to see a few new additions? Uh, I would love to see a few new additions, especially at defensive midfield and left-back. I think they're the two positions which City are pretty much 
making do with no cover for Fernandinho and making do with Delph with Mendy out again. And as great as Mendy has been in his limited appearance, appearances, his knees just seem to be made of glass, which isn't really isn't good for a possession-based football team who need constant goals and assists and performances from all of our players, really. So a, a, new, a new defensive midfielder, I prefer Frankie de Jong because I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's tearing up Ajax. And if we can get him in January or in the summer, that'd be fantastic. And uh, we were rumoured with Ben Chilwell of Leicester the other day. And that'll be an amazing transfer, which I'd love to see at City. Ollie, do you believe uh, Mourinho? Uh, sorry, Mourinho. Oh, God, Mourinho. Oh, Guardiola, um, when Just he says wanting. that we're not in for... <laughs> got it on my mind. Typical City fan obsessed. Yeah, uh, Guardiola, when he says that, we're not signing anyone in January. Absolutely not, because he said the same last. He said the same last year, and we got Laporte. So I think he said last year we'll, we'll see. I think it was a little bit more guarded, okay. wasn't he? Yeah, um, but I, I, I mean, I, funnily enough, I, w- I work in politics, so I'm used to people lying <laughs> to my face and then doing it. So <laughs> I, I, I think you can apply the same to football. Um, I, I, do, I, I think I think it's just the tactics of people stop approaching him with rumours. I, I genuinely think we're gonna we're gonna have to buy someone or at least uh, have some pre-contract agreements to get Dion or Ndombele or someone. When you talk about need- Dion, I mean. He's a very young, quite unproven player, and yet mm-hmm. Fernandinho is such an important player for Manchester City. Is oh, that the yeah. kind of investment you need, or don't you want someone that's a bit more tried and tested in that position? Uh, I mean, someone tried and tested would be very good. I mean, the thing I've always said is that we need to get two, because Fernandinho is 33, and I think he's got one or two more years in his contract, and Pep said earlier this year that this is his last season as a, as a, regular, in the, as a regular starter. So I think we need to buy two, and maybe a tried and tested, and a Dion, and a younger person like Dion would be fantastic. But I mean, City have taken risks on young players before, and it's worked out. So I don't see why it wouldn't with Dion, especially with how good he's been. Could, yeah, again, Dion's a fantastic player. I think he's tried and tested. To be quite honest, I think he's he's a wonderful player. The interesting side that I'm, I'm seeing from City over the last few weeks is a little bit weak on that right hand side. Carl Walker. Again, I didn't think he had a great game against Everton. You know, you think about the, the goal came from that left-hand side. Again, Richardlison missed the chance that was created on the left when Dignia, um, you know, nicked the ball off Walker. He had a chance later on for Walcott, again, created down the left-hand side. Is there now a question on Carl Walker where you're thinking, for City to win the Champions League, do they need to upgrade Walker? I don't think so. Uh, Steve put out a tweet uh, on the day of the Everton game saying that uh, Walker just needs two weeks on the beach somewhere, and I think, yeah. and I think that's completely true. He just needs a, he, he needs a rest, and hopefully he gets that against Leicester I've, and in the next few games. Yeah, I've got a theory in general that Walker probably, and I don't mean this as a criticism, he's probably the least technically suited uh, to Pep's system in the Manchester City team. He's a good footballer, but I think he has to concentrate a little bit more than most to actually reach the levels of you know uh, focus that he needs to be in a Guardiola team. And I think, you think about it, he's been playing consistently since last season. He pretty much played every game and then he went to the World Cup, went really far there and then also he came back early. I mean, he was trying to impress Guardiola but he essentially had no holiday and now he's playing through again and he's starting to see a drop off in his performances and I think his concentration levels are dipping because he's a bit tired. Uh, so I think as a, when, when some players like I think Bernardo Silva are tired, it's second nature for them technically um, so they don't have a, much of a drop off in performance and I think Walker is struggling um, with Danilo being injured a lot and him playing every single week. Uh, I think he's a good player but he just needs to be rested a little bit. He just needs new socks. He needs new socks. <laughs> Someone's got the holes in. Someone buy him some new socks. Uh, Ollie, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate that. We've got time for one more call, I think, and we're going to the other side of the world because Mike from Bolt of the Blue podcast, which is all the way in South Korea, is on the line with a question. Evening, Mike. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Very good, my friend. So you said you had a question for Steve. What have you got to ask? Hey, mate. 
Well, I've got a question for both of you guys, if you can give me the chance to ask it. Go for it, go for it. Here we go. I'm just worried about City's performances in the Champions League this season, and I'm wondering if we are going to get found out, guys. We have been behind in most group games so far, and we seem to play a bit too open and too naive. And a friend told me City will never prevail in this competition because, and I quote him here, he says, Pep just does not have a defensive bone in his body. Jim and Stephen, do you agree with that? And is Pep's Achilles heel because he just does not know how to shut up shop? Can Pep shut up shop in <laughs> Champions League? Does he need to? I think he can, personally. I think he started to show signs of learning that uh, against Liverpool this season. And I think uh, he'd be the first to admit as well that he still has plenty of things to learn in general. And he's still got some things to learn about this young squad that's kind of growing. And I think, um, if anything, I think we did probably lose a little bit of focus in the Champions League group stage. Maybe because it wasn't the big games that we actually really craved. I think if it was, um, if we had I don't know higher profile clubs in there and what do you respect to Leon and, and Hoffenheim and so <laughs> Leon on. the team that beat you well yeah but we <laughs> not we, high profile <laughs> well yeah we didn't take them seriously enough uh, but then isn't that a problem exactly, that's a lack I of, lack of pragmatism think, yeah no I totally agree I think in general um, we won't make those mistakes in the knockout stages but Pep says he doesn't change his, the way he plays football so he's well, not going to go Arteta was managing that game for what it's worth uh, so I think that made a difference second half we were a lot better um, <laughs> I would just f- throw the assistant under the bus go on Pep totally Arteta get him out I'm joking really uh, I think yeah we have a lot to learn in this uh, with this team but uh, you know you don't have to be the best team in the competition to win it like Liverpool weren't you know they got to the final last year and they were nowhere near the best team in England last season for example uh, I think in general Pep overthinks the Champions League a little bit uh, and I think he he he, he wouldn't admit it, but he sees that as incredibly yeah. important in the Champions League because I think it's where he feels that the best players are challenged. Um, and I think the focus this season, once we get to knockout stages, will be that. Will be that. I don't think you'll say that publicly, but I think it will be. Mike, good question. Thank you very much for coming on. Glad we got you eventually. Sorry to rush Thanks, you guys. at the end of the show. That is Mike from the Bolt from the no Blue problem. podcast. Cheers. If you're a City fan, it's well worth checking out his podcast, as well as ours, of course. And you can get this show as a podcast by searching Manchester Football Social. And if you are a City fan, search Manchester City Football Social. If you're United fan, Manchester United Football Social, and you can get your dedicated shows there as well. While we're on the Champions League, we've got about a minute left. I just want to get your instant reactions to today's last 16 draw for the Champions League. Manchester United have been handed a match-up with PSG, Dave. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for this game. It's going to be great. And City have probably had the best. I mean, all that talk of anti UEFA agenda it ends here because City have got Schalke. <laughs> it's, it's a good draw. I'm not going to lie. Um, there are teams struggling in the Bundesliga at the moment. Uh, uh, can't score goals either. Uh, I think we should be fine there. I don't want to sound arrogant, but we it could not have chosen a better draw. Right, boys, another show done. Well done. Congratulations. You got through it, Dave. Mm. Just about. <laughs> well done. I think I was, I was happy at the end when we, we were talking about Pep Guardiola not winning the Champions League. That reminded me that he's a, oh, he's not quite there in terms of the European elite. And he's never going to do it without Messi, Iniesta and Xavi. It's all over for him. Hope for the future. One thing we didn't do is our regular feature, Got Swap Need, where you pick something that football either has swaps or needs kind of like a radio version of panini sticker collection so i thought we'd do it very quickly now just a really quick wrap up and we'll do one each so do you want to go first Steve? what should got swap or need need uh i'm going to go for what we discussed in the podcast really uh a defensive midfielder and i, okay. I do like someone like tango and, and bailey for me really personally i think he's a phenomenal uh footballer really complete skill set and possibly one of the only players i could see potentially stepping in for Fernandinho. do you think you're going to get him because we talked about transfers but you never said whether you think he's going to spend someone or not. uh we look at the ones that have been linked are like um 
we've been linked to Ireland from Napoli recently, we've been linked to Awer from Lyon and Bailey and Neves and then obviously the Young. But I think we'll get one of them because uh, right. I think we, we just need one. We have to. But obviously, we tried to get Jorginho last summer. Um, but... For me, Ender Bailey was fantastic each time he played as against Leon, for Leon. Uh, so him, he's the guy who ticks all the boxes for me personally. Dave, what's your got swap need? Um, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd like to Keep swap <laughs> swap the Champions League draw if that's all right. If anyone else wants to take PSG, uh, Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Cavani, Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, just uh, anything. Just I'd rather go back into the draw and just do it one more time. Do you know what PSG? One of the few teams that I actually I think PSG. And Dortmund are the two teams that genuinely excite me at the moment. They're yeah, the teams fun, that I just want to fun watch teams. play football. Yeah, it's a shame. The first ever Manchester United <laughs> versus PSG game ever. I think the, the interesting side there. The only saving grace is you saw how Liverpool got under their skin in that first game in the Champions League uh, group stages this season. That if you're physical with these guys, if you're you know smashing challenges into Neymar like James Milner did, they drop off. Mm. And is this going to be one of these moments where? Ander Herrera does a man-to-man job on Neymar, bullies him off the pitch, and United go through. I am just now thinking, because I've got to think of something happy now. <laughs> I love the more Milner propaganda there, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a very good footballer. But no, you know, again, it's going to be a very difficult game for Manchester United, and I don't think they could have got a worse draw. I think Juventus would have been the worst draw, and that's mm. it. Uh, so it's the second worst draw second United worst. could have got, I think. Well, you've got to beat the best if you're going to win it, haven't you? Correct. You know, and United may go on to win it. We've seen crazier situations in the Champions League. Right, you've done a swap and a need, so I'm going to do a GOTS because I think we've got a brilliant title race. I don't know what it is about this season's title race, but I think it's really exciting. I don't know whether it's the rivalry or whether it's because it's so close or whether both teams are playing really nice football, but for me, they've shaken his head. Don't you say that with a smile on your face. People were saying it was boring two weeks. People were saying that the league was uh, wrapped up and they were bored of watching City win every week and all of a sudden now we've got a great title race. The, the narrative has changed a little bit, hasn't it? This is a bad title race for Manchester United, I'm going to tell you that for free. Well, here's my question, because I can't see City or Liverpool dropping that many points between now and the end of the season. So if it's same as it is now, so if Liverpool are two points ahead on the 12th of May, you look at the fixtures, Liverpool against Wolves, Brighton versus Man City, you'd, back, Liv- you'd back Liverpool, wouldn't I mean, you? It's a big if, but yeah. They've won I'm the going on all day. Well, United have got Cardiff, so yeah, the relegations are the game with the Etihad coming up soon, so that's going to be important. Yeah, Battle for sixteenth place. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you very much, boys. Uh, make sure you've subscribed to this podcast, and you'll get every single episode as soon as it's ready. And we'll see you next time for the Manchester Football Social. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.